You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. You tell me when we're good. Hey, we're live. Welcome to the Boss Hoggler Podcast. This is episode number 92 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today, I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis. Today's episode will be featuring district number 54 state representative, Mr. Tom Saunders. We're here uh, going to talk to Tom about his roving elephants trip to Washington, D.C., uh, constituent surveys that uh, get sent out by your state legislators to I, your address. I and brought mine. Can I turn it in in person or do I have to, <laughs> should I mail it in? You have to wait. Turn it in and save your postage. You know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we will also be talking about uh, Hoosers voting for a balanced budget referendum, uh, hate crimes legislation, and then some county level issues like jails and, of course, windmills. So uh, make sure you stick around to the end. We have a lot of really good topics today. All right. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. As always, we promise our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. On my left is Representative Tom Saunders. On my right is uh, Chris Spangle. The uh, we're here for our annual physical with the uh, with the leader of the show uh, of the of the network. Chris uh, Chris is benevolent enough to give us the airtime, so uh, we're going to give him a good thirty seconds to talk tonight and just make oh. him sit here awkwardly. Otherwise, or I'll just talk whenever I want. That's the way it normally works. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank uh, we thank for Chris for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, we also want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. Those people are the uh, the life source of our of our little program here. Um, you keep the lights on. You keep the internet bill paid. Uh, everything that you guys do, we appreciate you all. And tonight we will be doing a special uh, Christmas bonus episode, and that is only going to be available for the people on Patreon. We will be live streaming to the top secret Patreon supporters group after Tom leaves, and we'll be doing a gift. To- well, Tom, you can stick around, too. Tom's welcome you to can, stay, but we yeah. don't want to make him suffer through it. since I don't know who they are. <laughs> no. no, you're good. Nothing, no. nothing here is entirely safe. As a former party hack and political flack, I'm telling you, you need to leave. <laughs> run, yes, run, you, run. yes, right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all uh, who's on there. And then uh, today... I had to totally re-up our Amazon wish list because we have such amazing fans that they bought out the entire wish list uh, on Amazon for us. So had to, I had to come up with some stuff. I'm like, what do we need? <laughs> what else do you possibly yeah. want or like, need? What do I need? Is this but, like a, re- a wedding registry? Yeah, yeah it's it basically, basically the is. same thing. Yeah, You go to Amazon.com and you search for Boss Hoggle Liberty. You'll see the new logo we were just talking about. And on there is everything that we want to try to make this show a little bit better for the people that listen. Um, and it, we have had so many people send us things, uh, people that we didn't expect it from. And uh, thank you to everyone, like the table, uh, all the sound tiles in here. We got all, and uh, the most recent thing are mic flags are now on the way, so we can look I, even more I was professional. Just thinking that last time, first time I did this show, we were in a bedroom in your house. Yeah, that's and that right. Was, and you had egg crates stapled to the wall. 
<laughs> no, well, uh, <laughs> so you've moved up quite yeah, a bit. we moved up in the world now. We're we're getting there. Uh, I, can you imagine where we'll be in a year? Hopefully, yeah. right here. I'm tired of moving stuff. Yeah, hopefully. Gosh, it was. We're just now like getting settled, and then this week, Chris Guffey, who has done a lot of behind the scenes work for us, decided to take on the role of producer. And so that's why I don't have the iPad in front of me. Jeremiah's not running the soundboard or anything. You and I just get to talk. Because yeah, that, that said, Tom gets I, our undivided attention tonight. That said, in the uh, in the chat, it sounds like there's still some horrible problems and they're having trouble with the live stream audio. But, <laughs> oh, no. but they're working on it for us, so we just get to do the show. He's the worst producer in radio. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen years, I've never seen a debacle to a show start like this. <laughs> if I weren't here, Fluffy would be in a lot of trouble. We're, but we're, we're but you think now, it's though. fixed now? Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. What exactly, specifically, what did he do wrong? Well, it's not his fault. It's Dakota's because what did I do? he didn't actually teach him how to turn on the volume. See, what you guys do something oh. very dumb. You turn all <laughs> the volume down, mute everything, just leave it alone. Just don't touch it. So the poor boy didn't know that he had to turn on the actual Mevo the- iPad <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but that's Sorry, uh, but, Chris. The, but the good news is is that's only for the people in the live stream. When they come back and listen to the podcast, that's all just fine. Well, it wasn't recording, so we need to restart the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" Uh, all it's right, all, it's all good. So let's, uh, let's get into some issues. We need to reintroduce Tom Saunders because we picked up a lot of listeners since the last time you were on, Tom. That was episode number forty-three. Man, we're on yeah, almost fifty episodes later. Tom Tom has had the big accomplishment. 100% of the vote went in your favor this year. First time ever. No. First time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, during the campaign, and everybody's putting up yard signs. and spending Turn his money. mic just a touch to him. There and we I, go. I, That's, that'll do it. I'm thinking, should I be putting up yard signs? Should I mean, I, don't know, I, felt, I felt guilty. I did go out and do door-to-door with some people. just yeah, Supporting like, other like, candidates and, yeah, yeah, doing, a, yeah. Being, doing your thing. Yeah. But I'm honored that the public decided to give me 100% of the vote. It worked out. It worked out all right. After after the election happened, um, we had some. There were some a lot of confusion with the new voting machines and this, uh, and the error message it gave people whenever they chose straight ticket ballots or didn't choose straight ticket ballots. And I said, you know how we fix the straight ticket debacle is just add a none of the above option on every ballot. So if if my solution had been on there this year. And we would have, would have seen. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. can, you can definitely vote against us yeah. by picking the Democrat, the Republican, or NOTA. Yeah, yeah, that was confusing. I, I hope that they try to remedy that before the next one. Because well, what would you think about? Uh, I know Mike Delph. He left the state senate, and he was always trying to introduce ending straight ticket voting because the point of straight ticket voting goes back to our rural history. That's why the chicken is there for the Democrats because people who were illiterate, they held up the chicken, and then they'd raise their hand and vote for the Democrat. So, it I mean, was a rooster. No. It was a rooster. Was, thank <laughs> There's you no the chicken. <laughs> it's, Dar- well, Darren Jacobs has nothing to do with the chicken. Democrats it's either are rooster all, only. Democrats are all chickens to me. But uh, would you support eliminating straight ticket voting or supporting at least getting that into committee and having a discussion about it? I would, but it won't happen. Why do you think? Well, look at the... Look at the uh, coattails of President Trump. Uh, I mean, it was the Trump uh, landslide that brought all the Republicans across the state. A lot of courthouses across the southern part of Indiana, all Democrat, but they're all, almost all of them are Republican now. A lot of that is trickled down with the coattails. So, yeah. 
party people, I, I just don't think it ever would ever have a chance. Yeah, we we talked a uh, um a little bit with uh I can hear myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you, Chris. Uh <laughs> we we talked a little bit with Jim Lucas about it last week and he was he was totally opposed to the idea. He said I I hate the idea of telling someone that you can't do something. And I said, well, they can, you know, they can still pick all Republicans or all Democrats, you know, it's, or but, Libertarians. But the problem is that it's it's an incumbent support system. I mean, it, it really is there to encourage a lack of civic engagement. We're not a parliamentary system. We're a constitutional republic where you choose an individual, not a party. And so, to me, it's very unconstitutional and anti First Amendment. I think. Well, we are we're one of eight states that still has it. Right. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that I I think I get. Diversity. I get people on both sides, Democrats and Republicans and Libertarians who vote for me, and I, I'm pretty proud of that fact. Uh, I've always – you have to run as a party, and uh, I got involved early and at 18, so – Right. So, so you we, we talked about that a little bit on the on the last episode you you were on with us uh, and talked about your trip to the White House and people can go back and listen to that. You met uh, President Nixon, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm sure there's an audio tape of that somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I wonder that because when you found out that the office was bugged, surely there's an audio tape of that. So exactly. I need to do a Freedom of Information request to Nixon Library. You that's, should. That's you should probably, I didn't even think of that. You should probably send that request into uh, New Congressman Pence's office the, on um, his first day yeah. and have him ha- try to figure yes. out how to deal with it. No, quite. I mean, you could you could write the Nixon Library and and uh, probably get it if it's available. <laughs> At least the transcript. And I'm sure. It, I'm sure it is. So. I, I had thought of that. Would be that, a actually. lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll have to go to California and check yeah. it out. I've been there a couple times, but uh, never never thought to ask for the transcript of the. Do you remember exactly what day you went? I think it was November twenty seventh, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, so they got a pretty they got a puncher's was, chance of finding it. The office was bugged then, so <laughs> <laughs> was it really? It would have been. Yeah, you're well, right. It was, it was voice activated, so if you're talking, it's. Yeah, yes. that would be amazing to go back to the, like go to the Nixon Library and see if you can find yourself yeah. talking to the president. Yeah. We uh, so I don't the, know why well, I, I never got don't... to talk to him in the White House. I okay. got I got to talk to him. I, um, I I screwed it up. They asked me to be there on a Wednesday morning, and I told him I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> so they said, "Well, come Friday." Well, he went home to San Clemente for Thanksgiving, and then in January he came to Indianapolis for a cities and towns meeting. I'm in class. I get paged to the office, principal's office, and when I get there, the postmaster's standing there, and he has a special delivery letter. And I was invited to meet the president in a receiving line in Indianapolis. So, mm. uh, but the conversation that took place in the Oval Office with his special assistant is probably taped somewhere. somewhere. Wouldn't it be funny if he was the 18 mi- missing minutes? He, <laughs> he, he yeah, accidentally. I, I stepped on that button. You, under you bumped the into yeah, something, yeah. and yeah. He probably had a guy like he minutes. probably had a guy like producer Chris who screwed right. up the first couple minutes of the audio. <laughs> well, well, if, you, if you saw that demonstration of Rosemary Woods trying to demonstrate how she accidentally erased the 18 minutes, there's no way that happened. <laughs> So uh the on episode 43 um we we talked to you for quite some time but the uh I think like 45 minutes of that episode was us introducing you as a legislator and talking getting to know you uh today we really want to talk about um like the things that go on in the state house and the upcoming legislative session but first we really want to talk about your roving elephants trip that you mm-hmm. took to Washington DC yeah. um and so we talked uh, last year about how y- you had just got back from Trump's inauguration at that time. 
So what did you guys do this year? Well, some of the same people went on an inaugural trip, wanted to go back to the White House and see it at Christmas. So I emailed in March to see if that was possible because uh, I didn't want to plan the trip, and then they tell me no way. So we got approval in March that we could bring 125 people to Washington. So then I started putting a trip together. And uh, we left. Now, we had- do you have a special direct line now with the vice president in there? Is that your hookup? Or do you, what, <laughs> we'll give away your secrets live on the air. Well, Congressman Pence, Vice President Pence, Governor Pence had a staffer who was with him the whole time. Okay. And I, he, he answers my emails. So There you go. Uh, hey. You know, so we try. What's his email address? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Promise we won't tell I, anybody. And I have, yeah, so I know how to get candy in too. So uh, <laughs> edible candy, not candy. Oh, edible. <laughs> I thought you had to go to uh, Minnesota, or not Michigan, Michigan for that, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, these are. Uh, Minnesota, I, I took some goods candy. Some Henry County's own good nice. candy is uh, it's the best candy you can yeah, take. That's thank you. And they enjoyed it. I think I took six pounds with it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Give I noticed it. he was putting on a little weight. <laughs> <laughs> Should have had a box in his lap when he was listening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm sure he'll listen to this episode. So. Um, but anyway, uh, so we put the trip together. And I think this was my 18th or 19th year that we've put this group together. And we've. We've uh, been pretty lucky. I, they tell me I write a decent letter. We've met <laughs> both President Bush's and President and Mrs. Carter and uh, Lucy Johnson met us at her dad's library in Texas and David Eisenhower met us at his grandfather's farm in Gettysburg and uh, James Level, who was the Dallas detective that was handcuffed to Lee Harvey uh, Oswald, he came and had lunch with us when we did Dallas. And, ah, neat. So I'm always looking for somebody. I love history, and so if I can get somebody to come and talk and you actually hear that person tell the story. So this time, the highlight, I, 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 what I think is the highlight for your trip is you met President Kennedy's personal secretary. Well, we met Jackie's Jack- personal secretary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I had done, we, I mean, we did Thomas Jefferson's home. We did James Madison's. We did uh, Mount Vernon. We did the White House in the vice president's office. I've done that. Uh, it once was, you've seen the White House once, yeah, you've seen it a yeah, hundred no. times. <laughs> I, it, was, it, was, it was, the oh. group really enjoyed, we didn't really expect to see the vice president because George Bush's funeral was going on and. I honestly thought he was probably in Texas for the funeral, and we had a White House briefing, and what, during the course of the briefing, he walks in the room and surprises everybody, and that was a highlight for people. And then um, we went to Mount Vernon for lunch, and I had contacted and tracked down Jackie Kennedy's personal secretary. She was the second person John Kennedy hired when he was elected to the Senate in 1956. Really? And she stayed with, he st- she stayed with him for a couple of years, Took maternity leave when she came back part time. She became Jackie's secretary. She was with him until Jackie moved from Georgetown to New York after the assassination. She was in Dallas with him, uh, and to hear those those stories one on one is really really neat. I have a new friend now. She and I talk on the phone quite a bit. That's so. fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is really cool. What is the most surprising thing that you've learned from her that you were like, I can't believe that I know this? Then. That's pretty cool. Well, I talked to her day before yesterday because uh, I, I left some pictures. She's in the photograph where LBJ's being sworn in. Oh, wow. And I left that photograph and asked her to sign it for me, and she sent it to me, and I called her to thank her. And, and I, she said, I wish somebody had asked me about him. About him. And she said— About President about Johnson. President, no, about President Kennedy. She said, because he never changed from the first time I met him as a senator— Till that last day in Dallas, he was still a people person. He'd go out of your way to speak to you, call you by name, and, uh, you know, hmm. just 
she wouldn't talk about any personal things. She started right off saying, I will not talk about their personal relationships. <laughs> I mean, how many times can he be asked about Marilyn? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Monroe is who we're talking yes, about. I, I, yeah, you're too I young understand. Yeah. For the young one. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Googler but, <laughs> Googler, but not on the work internet. Well, and if you. And, yeah, you know, they have the safe images turned on. For somebody that likes history, if you read about Mary and Jackie's hat that she had on in Dallas that day, is missing. Oh, wow. And they allude to the fact that Mary has it. She's the last one to have had it, yeah. right? Allegedly. Well, it was handed to her in the hospital. And she's carrying Jackie's bag as she gets on the airplane behind Jackie as they carry the casket up. And the first day I talked to her, she said, well, I'll talk for about 15 minutes and you can ask questions. And I said, well, I have a question right now, Mary. And she goes, yeah. Where's I the said, hat? where's the hat? And she goes, oh, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> she said, I handed it to Clint Hill, her Secret Service agent for good safekeeping. And I said, well, I've met Mr. Hill, and he said, you have the hat. Well, <laughs> Tom's investigation honest. is going nowhere. No offense, but Secret Service safekeeping on that particular day, not. No yeah. <laughs> well, uh, except you, with him. He's the only one that acted. He was the one who climbed over the car? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. We met him. I met him. Uh, it was a neat story, too. So That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So in, 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 we talked earlier. You had 110 people that made the trip out there. We had, and had 120 on the, yeah, 110 on the buses, and then we picked up people who flew in from Florida. And Texas and uh, New York. That is, I, I like to put together events and have fun and throw parties. But even for me, trying to corral 125 people in Washington D.C. sounds like well, the, I would I would freak out. The, I would flip shit. The key, Jeremiah, <laughs> is that you don't try to control them. Yeah, yeah. That's have, that's probably he's yeah. just dir- guides people. That's where you go wrong. Well, and, uh, <laughs> stand on this spot. <laughs> See, Tom, there's a reason I'm the one who named the show. Yeah. Uh, I said you will do the show I- only if it's the boss hog of liberty because somebody's a little bossy sometimes. Bossy. <laughs> we we have to get there at exactly 7.07 p.m. Right. <laughs> and you have to understand these people had to go through some pretty heavy security checks. Oh, so I bet. They, I yeah. bet, yeah. I got to tour the Pentagon in March, and we had to get pre-cleared like two months in advance. It's, well, yeah, it, the the level of detail of what you had to do, it'd be just Well, ridiculous. and my concern was at the last minute, the White House didn't have any dates after telling me in March they did. Uh, so we did. we went to Charlottesville Tuesday and Wednesday, and then the White House called me on Monday and said, yeah, you can do the White House Wednesday, Thursday morning at 920, which meant I had to get them up at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on Thursday to get from Charlottesville to D.C. Every time you go to Washington, they make you get up earlier and earlier. Yeah, yeah so. so you, you can't just show up at the White House and take a tour anymore, right? No. You have to have a specially arranged situation well, like that? Yeah, you have to go through your congressperson okay. to get yeah. your, and usually 30 days out. All right. And it's easier to do one or two people versus 127. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. And then we left. We went through security, went through the White House, out the front door. They had an hour for lunch, and then we had to get back in the line for security to get into the vice president's office. And mm. uh, so, I've not been in. I've walked by it every year, but I've not, I've not gone inside. Yet. That's a beautiful building. The and most EOP people don't get to yeah. see it. And there again, you can thank Jackie Kennedy because they were going to tear that building down. And they were going to tear down all the buildings around uh, Lafayette Square. Really? Really. And uh, in the 60s. And she persuaded them to create a preservation committee. And they built a new government office building on Lafayette Square, but they kept the facades of the homes. So, the, mm. I mean, Dolly Madison lived there, and it's a pretty historic site in Washington. So they were going to tear down the old executive office building? Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, they were going to tear down that whole two blocks. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a neat park. Like I guess that's north of the White House, and the, that's, right. that road is closed. 
And there's a park there, and then Blair House is there, and then across right. the street is the Eisenhower office. Building. Every time you go to Washington, there's another road closed. You get farther and farther. Because <laughs> when I went that first time in 69, you just parked right there at the side door and walked right in. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy that he was in like the 1950s, and there was a hailstorm coming, and he had a new car, and he parked his car under the North Portico and went to the hotel, <laughs> came back the next morning and got it. I mean, today they'd be blowing that car up. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't, you'd be shot before you could park the yeah, car. Yeah, the you couldn't yeah. even get there to park it. So. Yeah, you've got the big physical barriers. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, so let's, let's transition gracefully. I I got this 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 mail in in the, uh, the in my least mailbox. Graceful transition. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bowl. He's the least shop. graceful person. I know. He's a, he's a bowl in a I got this. Shop. I got this litter with you asking for my opinion, Tom. What's and it and it's not pre-stamped. What the hell? No, and I heard. I told you I heard about that earlier. Uh, so and, uh, you tape it to a box of bricks. <laughs> you can also answer it online. Save your postage. That's what I did. Yeah. I'm, I care about the environment. But somebody so. told me that if I write extra comments on there, you actually they actually if you can't do that online. So no. if you write the comments, it it, it gets hand addressed it gets to me, and then and then Tom signs you a letter back. Yeah, I think yeah. the thing that that's when the key. When, no, that is, I see everyone that has a written comment on, when and I, I try to answer <laughs> while we're sitting there voting on bills, and there's a stack of. Yeah, I got 000. a I got a nice handwritten letter back from uh, State Senator uh, Lysing last year. In cursive? I, like, <laughs> I sure hope so. It's state <laughs> law, or it will be someday. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was nice. So mm-hmm. the thing about this, there was some debate about actually doing away with this a few years ago because it, it it's Just some viewed it some answers. viewed it essentially as. Uh, a perk of being an elected official, getting to send free campaign literature on the state's taxpayer dime. Uh, it, this this is actually a pretty thorough survey compared to like what I get from my representative, uh, whom I like, so I won't call out. This actually has like a survey on it. So, do are you required to put this kind of questioning on it? I mean, what, where do you come down on? This is useful to me as a legislator to know what the district thinks versus, yeah, some people take advantage of this. I'm not required. I'm not required to mail those at all. There was a couple of times I've said don't mail it out. But, I mean, that's unscientific results. But I do, and we do have a, I'm not supposed to call it a list, but there are several <laughs> questions I could choose from. Some of them are A menu my, of options. Right. That's right. Some of them are my questions. Some of them are caucuses questions uh some of them are policy questions and i take it into consideration when i'm having to vote i mean uh, i've often said that my district and my constituents aren't embarrassed about voicing their opinion to me (laughs) whether it's at the grocery store or the gas station or why i'm mowing my yard so uh, but i you know and i i do read them and if you do write a comment on them those get to be put in one stack, and when we send out those letters thanking you for answering, I usually try to answer whatever. So whenever you, whenever, so you said you have your menu of options of questions that you can choose, or you can like write your own. Uh, whenever you're picking or writing these, are they examples of some of your top priorities that you want to see passed? Not or? necessarily my top priorities, but priorities I think may take place in the legislature this year. Issues I, you're expecting? I, to yeah, come and up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what questions I put on there. Oh, you can have Harry. Uh, but I think I put something about cigarette. Yeah, the second one is the talk. There's a and reference. I, and I pretty stat. much know how my constituency feels about <laughs> Hey, uh, you want your taxes raised? <laughs> Hell no, 95%. See, I, I would know where I stand on some issues, and then there were somewhere I like, I just don't care mm-hmm. about this particular issue. I want to know what my constituents think, and that, that might be where I would put a question. Yeah, it would be yeah. really... Because here's the thing. You, 
whenever you're in the the shoes that you have to fill, you you can't know everything. No. Whenever a bill gets proposed in the house, you can't automatically know or be even close to an expert of what this bill is talking about. So I think that having this would be a very valuable resource in that situation. Besides just listening to experts that are brought in or other people that are appearing in front of the legislature to talk about it. I think that how you're, the people that you are representing feel about that issue, would that would be pretty invaluable, I think. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that you find it useful and that, that it is used and it is, you know, I, I do, are you... Are you the exception to this rule? Are you the norm? I mean, do do a lot of people find this to be helpful that you work with? I think I'm the norm. And, you know, it's not unusual if we're talking about something pertaining to banking that I'll pick up the telephone and call one of our local bankers and say, how does this affect something we're doing? Or education or superintendents of schools or, you know. Absolutely. There was a year or two ago I made a visit to a school and got criticized for it. And I said, I think we heard this story said, the last time. It's, it's not unusual for me to visit a school. Don't read anything in that. I mean, well, I think people have a disconnect between them and their, the office holders that represent them. I think they'd be surprised to know how much you guys are actually out in the community talking to people, trying to get information. I mean, it, it isn't as, I, I think people think, Oh, they're all just sitting in a back room in a smoky room. Just to call, call uh, what's the, Conspiring, conspiring with each other to screw over the taxpayer, but that I've never found that. You know, in the fifteen years that they I've do been that around, in the open, they don't have to hide. In the fifteen years I've been around, sometimes you guys during really, council meetings. I mean, what are some examples where you might have had your mind changed by talking to a constituent? Well, uh, the same-sex marriage issue as an example. I mean, I came home and talked to a lot of people and a lot of ministers in the community and. It's the way I felt, but I didn't know if the community felt that way. Right. So when I actually cast that vote, I was comfortable that I was representing. And that's an issue that changed. I mean, that scope, it built it, it built for a long time. I mean, and then public, just, it didn't, like in a five-year period, it went from zero to 100. Right. And yeah. it was done. And I, you're from Marion County? Yeah. Yeah. Southside. I can't imagine campaigning in Marion County. I mean, I, I, I would think your legislators, I mean— Somebody might see Brian Bosman walk down the street, but they, I don't think they think about stopping Brian and telling him what they think about a cigarette tax or, <laughs> it or, is, or a new yeah. jail or something like that. It's, and they're just not embarrassed to stop Because him. if you see Brian Bosman, it's because he's sitting in Nikki Blaine's or St. Andrew's. He has a different constituency. He does. Uh, yeah. are, are but, you, uh, uh, no, I have Speedy and Aaron Freeman, and they, you know, they're. Uh, being on the south side, it's a little different. But yeah, if you're if you're in Center Township, but it is, it's a lot less communal. What I like about coming out here is you guys have much more of a community in the rural area, and you can be more. In we touch. keep people like you I have out Tom's personal phone number. I'm yeah. in the. I'm probably one of the. I don't know. If I, I shouldn't say that, but I, I keep a landline and my number in the book so that the constituency can get a hold of. All right. Well, I mean, if it wasn't, if I wasn't in this position, I'd get rid of that phone. It's just, <laughs> a, it's just an added cost. That I, it hardly ever rings. I'm not answering that damn thing. It's either a telemarketer or a voter. I'm not talking most to either of the time. Of them. It's a telemarketer. And, uh, Somebody's getting pizzas later. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, last time you told a funny story about how you visited the school and you got in the doghouse with the speaker. Uh, you guys all good? Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We're happy now. You got G.W. Pierce Parkway down there, didn't you? That's half a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he had to sign off on that. So. <laughs> no, we're fine. I got reappointed. I'm in. I'm assistant the- caucus chairman. So, man, I'm, I'm back in leadership. Nice. So, so if uh, anybody wants to find uh, 
Mr. Saunders is a legislative survey for 2018. It has to be turned in uh, by the end of January. I almost and think we send them out too late. They should go out earlier than that. Well, you that, got, yeah, that way you got some time to think about your answers. You guys have already, are you filing bills or in the process of filing bills and you're a month into the session by the time they, they all have to yeah, come back, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, bill filing deadline was the 10th. Uh, I think the second week of January is the last day for me to file a bill. We're each allowed 10 bills. I thought it was five. You guys get more. In a long session. It's, oh, we get yeah. more laws. Yeah, get more it's, laws. It's awful so, dangerous yeah, this time it, of it year. It is. very, And the Senate always gets 10. So, you know, so. Um, but anyway, if you want to find the legislative survey, then you can go to iga.in.gov and you can find your legislator right there. Uh, even if you're somewhere else across the state, you can find your legislator there, and you can find their legislative survey if they have one. So iga.in.gov is how you get there, or maybe you got it in the mail. So a couple of the topics that are that are on your uh, are your list are uh, school administration. The first question is dealing with administration, possibly uh, you know basically trying to get the ratio back to more teachers and, and possibly combining some school districts. Uh, you have the question about. Uh, Harvesting some more money out of a cigarette tax, tax increase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there's hate crime. Hate crimes is something that the governor has said is a very high priority for him. So well, it's in the, there. And the speaker has said he would support the speaker. That too, so. I think uh, um, there's already been a draft of a Senate bill. There's two different drafts. I guess. Oh, okay. The Senate has a draft, and then uh, Representative Cook has a draft. Unfortunately, we don't get to see those until they're until um, they come across. filed, and yeah. So they come to you the and desk. I could be having the same bill drafted. We're using the same drafter at LSA Legislative Services, and he couldn't tell me that you were having a bill drafted. They That's, don't share. Really? That seems yeah. silly. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. Medical marijuana is another one that you're going to have. That, that's going to be a. It feels like it's an issue that's matured at this point. And you said you talked to Jim Lucas. He was we did, probably we did talk to Tim. He's yeah. he's an all of the above Jim? guy. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jim uh, Lucas. The. Uh, that he was about hemp. He thought hemp was uh, that was in the farm bill. So. Well, I voted. I voted for that the last time. And then uh, medical marijuana, and then you know the recreational marijuana as well. Um, and then there was one that I didn't. I wasn't expecting uh, dealing with weapons permits. That, yeah, that, I didn't that's, that's, that a, that's a there. different question I hadn't seen yet. So, well, it was kind of funny, okay, because we talked to Jim Lucas about doing away with the weapons permit altogether and uh, instituting constitutional carry in the state of Indiana, and then I. Got Tom's legislative survey, and I, th- I think it was the very last question, and it's like, should the weapons permit be a photo ID now? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim's not – I'm not going to say what Jim is. Uh, you know, there's got to be a, a compromise here someplace, and I don't think it's going to swing that far in his direction, and it may not swing this far – but just because, the, and that's the other thing. Just <laughs> There's because, a disclaimer at the just, top, yeah, right? Just because these are asked doesn't mean that this is what I'm supporting. I'm just trying to find out. These are going to be what I think are hot topic issues, and I'm wanting to know what you guys think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I think there was a I, it, that was a message you sent back to me one year because there was a question about removing township government. I'm like, I, I got my big fat marker out, and that like, that was for my benefit because <laughs> I knew I was going to vote against it, but I wanted to know I had enough support yeah. behind me to do it. So. Do you ever get some of these surveys and just go, "Ooh, maybe we should have the police follow them"? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should read some of, them. and then sometimes they're not very nice, and I'll write a response. And put it in the stack, and then the next day I go. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Lincoln Lincoln actually did that. Yeah. It didn't he? I, Lincoln used to write mean letters to people and then just throw it in the trash. Yeah, I remember I hadn't been there very long, and 
some former legislator had gotten in trouble and he wrote all hundred of us asking for some, I forget what he wanted. I answered him. Uh huh. I personally answered him. And he sent me a letter that it was a canned message. And I don't know what else he said. And I wrote back, I should have done what the other 99 members did throw the damn thing. And it's right. <laughs> but I answered it, you know, and so yeah. I, that, that just happened recently. I saw someone sent, uh, they, they sent their congressperson a letter about a really like life and death, huge issue. And they got a canned letter back. And this person, I mean, it was like somebody's, somebody was dying and they needed help with something. And they got this canned letter back that seemed totally insincere. And it was just, you couldn't have done more damage with that than you, you would have been better off saying nothing than Enough, just yeah, making yeah. them feel unheard. And it, it's hard because I don't know how many lead slave assistants I've had since I've been there. And I got a new one three weeks ago. And he calls me last night and says, hey, I got a job with uh, Senator-elect Braun, so I'm leaving you January 2nd. Ah, you know, and, thanks. And, and I always try to educate him about how constituency service is my top priority and you know, and this is the issues that are taking place in Henry County and Rush County and Wayne County. And, and then you get them all trained and, and you, you can't blame them. I mean, uh, my media person that um, I did have left me a year and a half ago. He went to work for Luke Messer. Of course, Luke's been defeated. So he was in Washington on our trip, and I, he's going to be a press secretary at the White House. So I said, that'll look good on your resume. <laughs> yeah. just, just remember where you came from. you know. So. Guffy, you want another job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to move a producer. Yeah. Make us a deal. That's funny. All right, speaking about issues in, uh, uh, in amongst your constituency, um, let's, uh, let's talk about the upcoming legislative session. Uh, so the first thing I have on here is that Hoosiers recently voted uh, in the midterm elections to require the state to adopt a balanced budget. Um, however, there was some wording in there to where that could affect the pensions of uh, public employees. So I kind of just wanted to get your opinion on that well, and how you think it's going to affect any budget sessions. The Constitution of the state always said we had to have a balanced budget. They just wanted to put it in in again so it was clear. In a different spot. In a different spot. <laughs> this basically just guarantees that the the pensions that we as a state are responsible for state employees school teachers that those that money's there and we're not using it for anything else i know before the election that it was in there oh, we're going to try to take their pensions away from them that's not my intention and if that's the wording and that's what happens i'll be a vote i'll vote against but i think it was just to protect you talk you hear about these other states illinois I mean, they can't fund the pensions that they've been collecting money on for years when a school teacher retires. So that's, right. that's where just, one of these days we just need to get out of the pension business. We just trying to, but you work. They want a pension. You oh, know. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like at you know, at some point, whether it's a policy that that we say, okay, from here on out, we'll fund the pensions, take care of the obligations we have, then. Thirty years from now, it, it, the whole workforce doesn't have one it, or two. Anybody hired after two thousand eighteen? Yeah, yeah. It's no yeah. pension. That's well, why. Yeah, that's why most businesses have gone to a four hundred one k match or the like. That's what happened with Lilies. My my grandfather has a pension, but my brother in law, who works for Lilies as well, does not. He has a four hundred one k. Yeah, that's. And I, you may see that down the road, but I haven't heard that discussed. Right. I'm right. just. Yeah. You know, I'm just talking. But about I mean, we've got two or three hey, man, different. One of these days. I don't think that it's right. Okay, so yeah, we're critical about government pensions, right? However, I don't think that it would be right for the government to try to correct its own shortfalls by taking money that they promised to a person for retirement away from them. 
Like that's not right at no, the same not. time. And I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, agree. I know you agree. I've just I agree with that. But the <laughs> but the problem is that the pension crisis across all Western countries is getting so bad that in fifty years it's expected to be like three times larger than what our current world economy is right now. So there may be a situation where if we don't start saying anybody hired after the state gets a four hundred one k not match not a not a pension, we may run out of money at some point. I think there's yeah. a lot of situations. Well, and uh, where especially in states that don't have their spending together, like Illinois. Yeah. I mean, we're fortunate in Indiana because we have competent legislators that are going to at least budget efficiently. Right. Well, when I first was elected legislature, we were having to put several hundred thousand dollars a budget session into payback pensions we'd borrowed, and that's that's done now. So oh, we don't after. After Daniels, I assume that was yeah. a transition between yeah. Kernan and Daniels. I, we were talking. I remember Frank O'Bannon was governor. We were going to give everybody fifty dollars. We had we had our uh, access money, and the governor Daniels wanted to give everybody fifty dollars. And I and I remember going to Walmart and standing outside the door asking people if they wanted permanent property tax uh, correction or you wanted your fifty dollars back. And you know, I looked at a lady's grocery cart and I said, "You bought." Tide and and laundry detergent. You just spent your fifty dollars. It's gone right. tomorrow. So, you know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, there's a buzzing sound, but hopefully it's not. I'm losing. Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, oh yeah. If you yeah, that's a uh, that's probably. Check Jeremiah. one two. Check one two. Is that a little I bit? You know. Yeah. All right. All yeah. Right. yeah. There we go. That's a you know. We're, we look pretty professional, but we still have things duct taped underneath the table. We're not Johnny Carson. There's not, there's not even duct tape. It's just painter's tape. <laughs> someday. Someday we'll have... I'll uh, buy your roll duct, duct tape. Hey. Man. I need to put that, that on the Amazon wish, wish list. list. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move honestly, on. as far as equipment goes for this thing, the hardest thing to get right is headphones. That is the most yeah. difficult part of the entire process is getting a good headphone. Uh, We've gone through... Uh, it's actually not. You just have to spend some money, Jeremiah. Well, We've gone through three headphone amps. See, It's been bad. Jer is married to someone uh, that I have affectionately nicknamed Purse String Potter <laughs> or Penny Pinching Potter. Uh, so he's not allowed to spend too much money. <laughs> Fiscally responsible in my house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, hate crimes legislation. Uh, Government Holcomb said that Indiana is way past due for hate crimes legislation. That's because of some recent graffiti that showed up at a synagogue in uh, Carmel, Indiana. Um, it, and also State Senator Ron Alting, like we just touched on it a little bit, a uh, Republican from Lafayette, he released a draft of Senate Bill Number 12, and it will call for judges to review to, the motivations for a crime and then be able to issue harsher punishments. Uh, in your opinion, is that something that needs to happen? Well, I've always... I kind of changed my opinion on this, too, when I had some people come visit. Uh, I always thought, you know, it's up to the judge. Let him make the decision. But in this day and age, when you're being uh, punished or hurt or killed because of your religious or your sexual preference or something, uh, I think we probably should join the other states in in looking at hate crime legislation. We talked to, uh, I think we touched... um, No, we didn't talk about it with Jim Lucas, Uh, but he put a post on Facebook and he said the state constitution guarantees that uh, all people and all punishments are equal. And if we issue harsher punishments because of something done against a certain group of people, does that go against the state constitution? Which 
I'm not a lawyer. That'd be up to yeah. the judge. But you can. Yeah, he was also on Facebook like last week, smoking pot out and. That, well, that's what. That's so. one of my favorite quotes that ever came <laughs> from this podcast. Is that Jim Lucas was on the show and Jim Lucas said it's impossible to overdose from marijuana because I just tried. <laughs> <laughs> How much of the hate crimes legislation ties into uh, the Indianapolis and Purdue tech business? I, I, I look at this and I see a lot of um, the influence of Salesforce, for instance, and their very outspoken CEO. I find this to be a counter reaction to RIFRA and trying to repair some of the damage with the conventions. $60 million was lost in convention business there. Uh, it, is it you know you're in the know do you, is my hypothesis right is there a bit of the hate crimes legislation that is geared towards people outside of the state when they're looking to bring business here i i believe so i don't know that i'm so much in the know i just, <laughs> I just kind of hang around well you're think. in leadership I, now. I, I am but we haven't had one of those meetings yet, more so. than guffy okay more than guffy. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I mean i was on you know i i voted uh Opposite the way the governor wanted us to vote on that issue. I remember my wife and I were in French Lick when he was on uh, ABC and they were asking that question about his Indiana and he's not answering and I'm jumping up and down on the bed <laughs> going, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, you know, we look at that when we're trying to uh, coerce people to come to Indiana and do business. And, you know, we got to have a good workforce. We have to have a, an inviting uh, work development and uh, environment. So damn the luck! That was the day everybody watched George Stephanopoulos. Mm. It normally didn't happen, but that was the day everybody decided <laughs> they're going to watch uh, the the governor. Governor, well, we, well, they, my wife and them were going. I said, "You guys go on to breakfast. I want to watch this." And thank goodness my granddaughter wasn't in the room. <laughs> I actually was jumping up and down on the bed. Going, Just say no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I have a little note in here that says similar bills have always been tried in the state house, uh, and they've always been shot down. But you didn't have the support of the governor, and the exactly. Of the house, and I don't know how the new Senate pro tem feels, but yeah. I would say it has that's a, a very, very of, important point. It has because he's the guy that assigns it to a committee and kind of advises the committee chair if it's going to get a hearing or not. So okay. uh, they've been pretty vocal. I think it probably has a good chance of passing this year. All right. Who is the new Senate pro tem? I've not I've uh, not checked yet. Uh, Rod Bray from uh, Martinsville, Morgan County. Morgan County. There's all this power out of Morgan County. Yeah, yeah. It's it's palpable. Well, it's like a little cauldron of power. <laughs> Where my wife is from is from Morgan yeah. County. So they have no zoning in Morgan County. You aware of that? Really? Yeah. It just feels freer down there. <laughs> <laughs> they have the best fireworks show in the state. <clears throat> more free. Yeah. It's more free, not freer. All right, let's uh, speak about Morgan County. Let's go to some of the issues that are affecting the county level that we think could actually have an effect come from the from the state house. Uh, I have right here State Senator Phil Boots, who is a Republican, also wants to do with do away with these four mile. They're called home rule laws, um, and they are zoning laws that have been implemented in different towns across the state. Um, that basically restrict wind farms, but they can restrict anything. And they're out four miles outside of the town limits. He wants to restrict that and say, you are you are a town, you can legislate for your town, not the county. And uh, 
almost all the little incorporated towns in Henry County have come up with similar have, have they, come up with these they laws. didn't think the county government was looking out for them. We're up to That's double correct. digits now of the, the towns. Yeah, and I don't, I honestly think this is in response to Henry County. Oh, I'm convinced and, it and, is. And uh, I think this two, law has been in effect since 1980, so two, it's not anything that's brand new. Two of wow. them are in the Crawfordsville area, I think, have passed it. Which and is then, in his district now. And, so. so that's why it's he's yeah. he's carrying it. And then uh, I guess there are at least 10 or 11 Henry County towns. Yeah. The, those communities that have town governments have, have done when, that. When, when a couple of those communities enacted that, I told them, I said, don't be surprised if you're not sued because I didn't think Farm Bureau was going to sit back and take this without some kind of a fight. And I assume that's where that language, I assume they went to uh, Senator Boots and said, hey, uh, is four miles too much? Maybe. Uh, but in Henry County's case, and this is where I told you I know the political answer and I know the truthful <laughs> answer. Um, you know, the voters of this county, let it be known, they weren't happy with the direction our leadership was taking us. And they replaced them. Yep. But they're still not listening to them. <laughs> and so the local communities, somebody informed them of this particular law, and they enacted it, trying to protect, you know, protect their so yeah. it's going to be Henry County is going to become a test case is what's yeah. going to happen. This is going to be I think there's from the outside looking in I don't have any I just have from a distance knowledge. I'm not any of these boards. I'm not a part of the lawsuits, but I think you're going to find Henry County is going to probably be case law for this. It, you know, I, I don't know if this bill has any chance to go anywhere in the in the General Assembly this cycle or not. I don't know. I, saw I would say it probably does because I mean there's five large power group that control the generals or have a lot of input in the general assembly chamber of commerce manufacturers association state realtors farm bureau and i can't remember who the fifth one is but they you know probably they, the cold beer people that say yeah, we can only have it for eight hours yeah, a day. i don't know if we're going to do anything with that this year <laughs> and we do have uh, the the wind company at apex i believe was the wind company that was looking at in at going in southern henry county and was uh, going to be doing the wind farm down there they have said that they're uh, not interested. But anymore. it's my understanding. They're done, right? I, yeah, that's what I understand. I okay. read that, but I also understand that the commissioners last yesterday in their commissioners meeting approved some agreements voted between, on for the five agreements. The northern, yeah, which farm. you know, there again, the vote. You, you know this. You run as a libertarian for an independent candidate to get over eight thousand votes. That's saying something. I yep. mean, yeah, it really is. And but nobody's listening, and and that's the reason these local communities did this. They didn't think that their local government was looking out to protect their best interest, and uh, and they probably will become a test case. Yeah, it'll be interesting be to see what happens with it. Because and, <laughs> I mean, we've already split this county three ways. Like you said, and, the uh, commissioners voted on five agreements with Calpine, which is the group that's going to be. It, establishing when the northern part so why didn't they just say the other night hey we're done the people in henry county have voiced their opinion they don't want wind thanks for thanks but no it'll be it'll be crazy if if it goes forward because there's a whenever we were running jeremiah's campaign we were looking at everything we didn't have the votes for an abatement here no matter who won the county council right and so uh the entire campaign team is looking at all across the state of Indiana and the windmills that have been put in. And it's like, there's never been a wind farm put in without an abatement. It's never happened before. So it was like, maybe it's not, maybe it's not going to be a threat. And 
I mean, they're still pushing forward, but and I they almost, know they don't have the votes on the council to get an abatement. So it's I like, almost, what in the world's going on I here? I almost think they want to do it just to prove they can. That's what I said. It's like they're going for it just out of spite the, at this the, point. The bully, the bully syndrome that seems to be so popular right now. The, uh, I, I, that's still, the, that's the truthful to, answer, not the political answer. Uh, we appreciate that very much. <laughs> you got 100% of the vote. You're pretty safe right now, Tom. Uh, <laughs> the... You still got to get commission approved use as well, and I think that's going to be yeah. That, but that's going to some be of those night. boards are stacked in their favor too. Yeah, you can count votes ahead of time, but yeah. I, I just, you know, I saw I was very surprised when when they didn't locate an asphalt plant here out of a planning commission and then a commissioners meeting. I I still think those are going to be must attend meetings to watch and see and see what happens. But that's now, that's the rubber meets the moat road. But some meeting. of those people have been replaced since then, right? Some, yeah. So that I mean, and and you can count the votes if you count the votes. It's it's close. It's close. It's close either you know, way. Like I've told the guys, when Fox 59 comes up to me in the state house and sticks a microphone in my face and wants to know if my county officials are crooks, <laughs> and I'm saying, hey, I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong, but the, they just have to watch the perception. It's like we were talking earlier about somebody that appoints herself to a board by a vote. That's <laughs> It may be legal, but it just doesn't look right. It just seems... Eh. I just all I want is for Main Street to be paved in Newcastle. One of these days, I want the county or the the, the can't state. Be the county, no, I, no, 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 I want no, no. I want Anybody. the state to finally get the matching funds for the city and the city to fill out the stupid paperwork right, so that Indot can give them money so we get Main Street paved. We were on the we got to we get there. Main someday. or Broad? Well, Broad's done. Yeah. Main Street. They've been trying to find the city's been trying to find matching money for for all these city streets for ages. If they can get the streets paved, well, and the trash and picked up, and people you know, are be a lot I, happier. In I district. voted for. Well, gas tax increased because that was the biggest issue I ever. That was everything on my survey. That was always the top complainer at the bottom. Somebody'd write in about. Remember to put something on the, about the roads on there. It doesn't feel like a survey well, if you don't survey about no, the roads. Well, but we've got the money. I mean, and we've given the locals the ability to to get it. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, Newcastle hasn't. Uh, yeah, so. we hear a lot of complaints about that from Aaron Dickin. Whenever he's I just hear like, that from Aaron too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Sounds like he's a whiner. <laughs> he cares a lot. He he really does. He's, he's a, a great Tom, city He's counselor. a young Tom Saunders, I think. <laughs> I, I think he would appreciate that. Now, really. now, I, mean, have, I meant that in the nicest way. Do we have to wait on Aaron to be our state representative to get I-70 to three lanes between here and Indy, or is it something Tom can take care of for us? Well, I've been You're trying, on the all-powerful all committee. I am on roads and transportation, and when I had a meeting with the governor, I took some people in in April. I think the biggest thing we could do for economic development in this part of the state is to make... State Road 3, four-lane between 74 and 70. But I, you know, unfortunately, those people out in Marion County and Hamilton County, they seem to get they seem to get more road funding than we do. Not more road funding, more road miles than we do. So Yeah, we got more roads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a road every time you turn around. We got a road. Yeah, so. we, Henry and, County and, has, uh, is, is... We have 800 the, miles of what used to be it, paved roads. It's like the top 10% or something in the state, right? But then we wonder, I wonder, and I had a guy draw to my attention, one of the newest roads we got is 300 South. And why they didn't put a northbound turn lane there when I they hate built that. that? I I work right off of there. And, hate it. And so now I got to figure out, is that a state responsibility or a county responsibility? And when we built that road, we built it with federal funds. That's why we got the wide berms and the wide ditches. And we don't really need that. We just need another. Yeah, we just need turn, turn lane. lane so. Don't care about the ditch. Um, somebody, somebody said, uh, in, as a, we we posted an advertiser you're going to come on, and they wanted us to ask about 300 south and in, in 103, getting a stoplight out there. 
And I know it's been studied, and there's flashers, and no, it, not uh, going to happen. Unfortunately, yeah. you not, need more traffic, right? Is you that need the, more traffic and more accidents. Unfortunately, they do look at the number of accidents. You and I are going to go buy some beaters, and we'll we'll just sacrifice <laughs> one a week until Aaron Dickon drops us off his in, our insurance. The boss hog of Liberty <laughs> Derby, every uh, the figure eight right outside the. Another, yeah, there there was another eight. crash out there this week. That's Jeremiah in the ditch again. I was trying to think. I had a meeting with Indot last week. I took. Jeff Ray was having some trouble on the rails, the trails, and I took him to Greenfield. And we met about that. And then while I was in there, I, I hit him up for a couple other things. I can't remember what it was. But, oh, there's a place in Knights down there as you came off of 109. I don't know if this – I think the city sewer or something's collapsing underneath it, and there's a big hole there. And oh. They need to get that fixed. I know so, – from my uh, construction industry experiences, I know that Knightstown just had a, their wastewater treatment plant bid last week. So – they did what? Sewers and wastewater treatment plants. Oh. Nightstown's getting some improvements. Oh, okay. That's underway. Well, you know, we represent, I represent, what, four exchanges on I-70 and have the most unimproved exchanges in the state. So, <laughs> uh. You touched on something there a little bit that, that I don't think is talked a lot about, and I'd, I'd be interested in your perspective. So I ran the Libertarian State Party from 08 to 12, and there was always this tension between the Marion County Party and all the other parties, especially the further north you got, the more tension there was. Uh, well, they get more attention, or they get more this, or they get more that. And I've been surprised over the last few years, as I've watched more of the legislature, to see that's real. That's that's part of the legislature, too. Yeah, There's a real... Uh, I Tom and I, Mike Speedy are probably going to have a duel by by twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I I have been <laughs> surprised Burns. to see. I got money on my rep. Pe- people who are who are in your part of the state or in the north or the south or any rural county f- really feels some sort of I don't know if antipathy that may be the too strong of a word towards Marion County and Indianapolis specifically. And there's always the sense that they get whatever they want, and we're we're Bunch of brats. But that's not. I mean, if you but if you live in Indianapolis, you have a totally different perspective. You know, I, I think so. How much of that tension is real between the the state capital? You know, they want to throw billions of dollars at stadiums and conventions, and you know, and that and business development. And it is important to have like a sales force driving some of that growth. But how much of that is at the expense of a rural county like Henry County? Well. Um that's our capital city. It's a beautiful city, and I want to do whatever I can to help draw people there. But we live here. And one of the examples is um, you see all the pickup trucks on the road. I've always complained about I'm I'm on roads and transportation. A pickup truck license, that money goes to the state. It doesn't get generated back to the locals for road funding mm-hmm. where my passenger vehicle does. And that's because when the formula was figured in the 60s, only us people in rural Indiana drove pickup trucks. And if we were going to change that, then Marion County wanted it figured on lane miles because they have more lane miles than we have. You know, and I'm asked to vote for tax increases for the fund, the Pacers and the, the Colts. And yeah, you know, thanks we, for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, and, and they, and that was under Governor Daniels and they allowed the donut areas to increase their food and beverage tax and they could spend it any way they wanted to. Right. After they, well, I can't, spend our local food and beverage tax that way. You can't even get one I can't, for Rushville. I can't even trying. get one for Rushville. So, I mean, Henry County's had a food and beverage tax for... Since the 80s. Yeah, 35 years. And if it, and it's good for Henry County. 
but why isn't it saying the Allegedly. same thing? If good? you, if you well, believe in taxes. Yeah, but I mean, it, they do some good. <laughs> you got to have the money. But if it's good for Henry County or it's eligible for Henry County, why isn't it eligible for Rush County? Why do they have to come to the legislature and kiss somebody's ring yep. to get it when everybody in Marion County and the surrounding donut areas? Well, what I, and They're I, just trying I, to keep Mayor Pavey down. Let me give you kind of what I'm hearing. I think he's listener. doing a good job, though. If I'm your average listener, I'm sitting here going, well, what do you want more of my money for? What are you actually going to use it for? And I don't think people really understand how a lot of state and local taxes work because they just see massive amounts of waste on the federal level, and they don't realize that there's a, dis- a there's a difference between your county. Um, but I mean, so w- w- what is the importance of all of these different types of taxes that you're talking about? Well, f- first of all, for service, if this building catches on fire, you expect the fire truck to come here, or you want in Henry County, we have free ambulance service. You want the ambulance to show up. We've got a bucket brigade uh, arranged just in case. But I was in a county today that's being Purely forced volunteer. to build a new jail, fifty million dollars. And the federal court said they had to hire 22 new jailers. Terre Haute. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I read the news. Plus, and, plus you told me where you, you were know, this morning. <laughs> they have to be, and we're, I don't think we're far from that. Speaking, uh, of, speaking about jails, that's one other county issue. Anyway, that services. To, we got to have money yeah. for this. And then my other point of view is everybody should pay for those services. I, Tom Saunders doesn't want to tax your house of worship. But if you have a not-for-profit that owns an apartment building or a shopping center, they should pay for at least the protection that property gets. Well, it's sort of like the Amazon argument that why should Amazon get to sell tax-free stuff when brick-and-mortar doesn't get right. to? It's not. It's fundamentally unfair. Yeah, we don't want to pay more taxes, but it also there has to be some fairness in, in the actual formulations. And I've harped that for 20-some years, and they keep saying, oh, we can't talk about it, Tom, but I've gotten reelected, and I've always talked about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I've even, matter of fact, I have a bill this session to look at it again, so... Uh-oh. All right, let's talk about county jails for a minute, uh, because that was one of the biggest issues that and wind uh, during the recent county elections was our county jail is crumbling. It's in really bad shape. Uh, we're, we have an active lawsuit going on right now, and the same judge that is looking at our lawsuit uh, just ordered where, where, another county that they had to construct a new jail now. Um there was that House Bill 1263, which was passed in 2018. It allows counties to raise another tax. Which, to, we, which we did. To construct a new... You passed that. The, Henry County hasn't did that yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Vigo but, County did. Right. That was where, yeah. the, it was where their, some of their funding came yeah. from. Or there's other solutions that have been looked at, um, like regional jails to help lessen the, the burden of level five fel- felonies, or level six felonies, sorry, that are being held in the in the county jails. Uh, do you think county uh, regional jail is is a actual solution that could be proposed by the state? I think it's a, a situation outside the box we need to look at, and I'm going to give Henry County credit for being being willing to do that. And the sheriff not having a turf battle. We've had two meetings, not official meetings. Uh, one meeting at the state house, and we had a meeting out at Geo. Tuesday with some representatives from Madison County who also have to build a new jail. I will say that Henry County sat down with Rush County about a regional jail, but Rush County wasn't interested. 
Uh, and they they have their own jail project it's, underway. It's, it's out of the ground, so it's too they're late. they're cooked. It sounds like Delaware County is already well down the path with one. Yeah. But it, so your partner potential partners for Henry County would be Madison or Hancock, I guess. Hancock had Hancock, a ballot re- re- referendum that failed, and Hancock has been invited to participate. And at this point, they've chosen not to. Fayette County needs a new jail, a more space. And I'm not going to quote figures because I'll get them wrong. But I, let's say our jail was built to hold 120 inmates, and we got. 280 inmates now I'm pretty close and uh, we got to do something and I think they told me yesterday probably by the middle of January the court will decide what we're doing Uh, we're looking we're we're discussing other opportunities regional jail we build one on a county line somewhere or what about contracting with geo that they build a facility and we just pay them to take our offenders I mean, well, or, you know, one of the issues or somebody, the, the processes I thought is, you know, you have, you probably have unused space in the, in the geo facility, the old state facility on the north side of Newcastle now, where you could potentially contract with them and, and have overflow there or one of the other state facilities. I don't think we know there isn't. Okay. What we, what, what we talked about ship. is geo or some private company basically building, building a, a building, a structure and either lease it back to us or they take charge of uh, running, staffing it in. I mean, you know, what are we talking, $30 million for a jail? Yeah. And that's not staffing. That's just building the brick and mortar. And can Henry County afford that? Uh, so I'm I'm going to commend the counties, both counties, for looking at alternative ways to try to save those tax dollars that they really don't want to take out of your pocket. Uh, but sometimes they have no. Well, that's that's what I contend is that you know we won't mean to do it, but you know we'll we'll have another income tax passed. We did it with public safety, and now potentially you'll have that with a jail, and it won't be you. But twenty years down the line, when that's supposed to sunset, the adjustment will come in and say, oh well, if you put had it in place, you can keep it, and you know choose what you. It'll be like the food and beverage, food and beverage tax, tax for tax, for Hancock yeah, County, yeah, right? Yeah. You do what you want with it. After Hancock after doesn't have food and beverage. Hancock, oh, Morgan no, does. Hanc- Hancock, Hancock does. has one. They want to increase theirs. And, of course they did. They, they want twelve percent. They wanted over to build there. a new four H facility and park and and Rush County was in that grouping to get approved when those people from Hancock County came to a Ways and Means meeting and, and they just pulled them all off the table then. So Was that the year they just wanted to see stuff die? Bills were dying left and right. No, I think they actually wanted that to happen. If you wanted to see a you should watch Two years last, ago. you should watch last year's Signy Die in the Senate if you want to see a good comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. They were honoring people instead of voting on things, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. All right. So what, let's let's hear about uh, – you've got 10 bills that you get to author this year. You, you want to give us the cliff I notes? I going to ask you don't, we're not, you don't have to list all 10 because you might leave one out. But one the highlights. of them has to do with township firefighting. Uh, there's no consistency across the state on how those are funded. Uh, we need to look at that, how these firefighters, fire departments are funded. Funded. They shouldn't be spending their time having chicken noodle dinners trying to raise enough money to buy gasoline for the fire trucks. Uh, so that's one. Stony one, Creek had to do a lot of chicken dinners to build they, their new they facility. They did, and the county had to be the grant provider, and and uh, they've got a nice facility there. And you know, you don't want to talk about consolidation, but I mean, I, Henry County. I think their problem is they don't have enough people to man the departments during the day. So, are we going to have to become a paid department? I mean, those are things that have to be looked at. And one of my bills studies that. I have a bill that talks about studying taxation and, and pilots, which is payments in lieu of taxes uh, for property. Um, gosh, I was going to write these down today. 
I I did reintroduce a bill I had on wind and conflict of interest from last year because there was some. Oh, shit. Yeah, Almost all those guys are voted out by now. Well, <laughs> not necessarily for them, but for future references. Um, I forgot it's, to it's mention all, that, you, that you, did, you did push for that a lot, big time last year, and you and you pushed for there needed to be a lot more transparency, just in general. And not ju- it's not direct. It wasn't just a wind, right? No, it, no it it's was, not every everything. And um, my bill was I had introduced the bill the year before, and it didn't get anywhere. So I rewrote it, and it went. This bill got assigned to local government. It was going to get a hearing, and then the chairman of uh, utilities he resurrected my bill from the year before and gave it to another legislator and it was sent to the that his committee it was scheduled for a hearing they had a two-hour hearing on it there was a couple hundred people showed up he said oh i'm not going to take a vote on this bill today because tom's got another issue in local government i'm going to annex it into this bill we'll take a vote in two weeks he goes to the local government chair and says don't hear tom's bill i'm going to amend it into my bill so the local government chair kills my bill and then Nothing ever happened with the other bill. Oh. Thank goodness that legislator's gone. I was going to say now you're going to now you've got you're going to go yeah. rip some people up. Right? Uh, well, I mean, I just reintroduced it to see what happens, and it's everybody takes it, and I'm addressing it. Our guys, I'm not. It's the situation that happens. I'm not allowed to vote on anything at the legislature that I might be perceived as a conflict of interest or taking making revenue off of, and I'm just trying to pass that along. Trying to. Um, yeah, even the playing field for the people that are in the counties too. Yeah. yeah, I get that for sure. All right, I think you we're through for, the list. Yeah, I'm ready for final thoughts. How about you? Right, let's do it. We'll start with uh, Chris Spengel on my right. And we'll go to Tom, and then we'll work our way around the room. You know, libertarians were often accused of stealing votes, Tom. So I want to know how do you feel about stealing all of Rex Bell's votes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty proud of the fact that when Rex was running for governor and he was in the hospital. And he wanted to vote very badly, and the the county clerk told him no. Rex and a, I, or Tom and I, were on the phone. There I was a phone call made to me, and I arranged it so Rex. So I didn't steal Rex's vote. I let him vote for himself. <laughs> uh, I'm just teasing. No, I I, 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 I know you are, and I, I the the Bells are a nice family. I think I've ran against. A half of them, All probably. Of them, so. <laughs> Except for Mrs. Bell, I've run against her. Well, everyone. if you move to Hagerstown and run for judge, I'm sure yeah. you can run against her, too. <laughs> she's she's vicious. She's undefeated, though. Rex is very nice, but Susan... <laughs> I, I've seen Susan in action. She, <laughs> she was not happy with me one day. She'll make you pay fines and pennies. It's, <laughs> but, you know, in this line of work, you have to be able to forgive and forget. Yeah. And, uh, and you have to be able to live with the guy you look at in the mirror every morning and... As I said earlier, I'm honored that the people of this district have put their trust in me for as many years as they have. I don't know where those years have gone, and I've tried to represent them, represent them to the best of my ability. And sometimes we agree, and sometimes we don't. And there's a couple of votes I'd like to take back, but you can't do that. So it's, it's you a guys Republic, didn't ask me about time. <laughs> it's not going to change. Oh, well, I okay. All right. Are we staying on Central Time, th- Eastern Time? What I, are you doing? I think we'll stay right exactly where we're at. If We're uh, going to drive right down 31. 31 East is Eastern Time and West is – so the State House <laughs> will be on, on Central Time and, well, no, I don't and know Newcastle if, will be on Eastern if Time. I, I don't know if I told you this story. Uh, when I was – I ran for property taxes. So when, one day I was up in northern Indiana and took Otis Bowen, former governor, up to lunch, and we talked about property taxes. The next week I was going to be in southern Indiana, and I called Governor Wickham. 
and ask if I could stop by his house and take him out to dinner, lunch. And he said, nope. He said, there's no fit place to eat lunch in Rome. You come to my house and I'll have it for you. He said, be here at noon. Uh, it's five hours down to Rome, Indiana in Perry County. And I pulled into Rome, population 37. <laughs> there's a big, that's the first county seat. And there's a courthouse there. It looks a lot like the state capitol in Corydon. There's a big white house with pillars. And that's where Governor Wickham lived with his significant other. I pulled up to their door at noon. They were sitting on the front porch. He had his pajamas on, and she didn't have any <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> and I got out and introduced myself, and she excused. They both excused herself, went in, and got dressed, and he and I sat on the porch and visited. And she had a nice lunch for us, and we're in there. And she said, "You know, you got here an hour earlier than you were expecting." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "You said noon." She says, "Honey, we're on slow time." And the governor had a spoon to his mouth, and he said, you can blame your man Mitch for that. I vetoed that damn bill when I was <laughs> You know, coming from radio, it was just the worst nightmare you can imagine. And dealing with people from, you know, L.A. or New York, they're like, what time are you on again? It's just totally different now. People know we're on. They, they still will kind of, there's ghosts of what time are you on, yeah. but it's not like it was. It's. Things run efficiently. It was the right decision. Moving it to central time, I think, is crazy. Like, having it get dark here between 4 and 4.30 is yeah, just... Yeah, that was horrible. We went down to Tennessee for Thanksgiving, yeah. and it was like, it was like, yeah, I'm starting to get tired. It's only 4.45. I, yeah, I have... <laughs> the moon and stars are out. I've had several state legislators, when I've, when I've posted about it, say, over my dead body, will mm. we be on central time? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and uh, unfortunately, it's in response to those children that got killed in the bus bus accident. But it would still be dark. It doesn't matter. So I, I think we're where we're going to be. It's frustrating, uh, you know. It, it, and and to address that issue, maybe the time school starts should change, yeah. right? You know, maybe you push push it back an maybe hour. Maybe they change their time. Exactly. I, on, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, an hour extra for sleep would be so good for kids. It would be the, the way that they learn. Incredibly beneficial. Yeah. We should introduce a bill to that. Let's do it. Okay, so right now, I will just kill one of yours, and we'll write the Tom I'll Saunders. Help you you write, take the preamble. I'll take the conclusion. <laughs> I'll help you write two bills. I'll help you write uh, school starting later. Uh-huh. I'll also help you write a bill to end straight ticket voting. I don't think it'll get assigned to a committee. It get assigned to a committee, but I doubt it got it. We can try. Well, we can try. Yeah, that's uh, all we can or, do. Or we just take off the party labels. If we, if we can't do straight ticket voting, we'll just take off party labels and see how it all goes. But you just know, give my nota idea. When I voted that first time, and it flipped up and said that I had made a mistake, and I, I flipped back and went to the next. No, I didn't. And then I, but I could see how that would. Uh, it drove. I'm up a party chairman, tickets. and it threw me off. It's <laughs> all fun and games till you accidentally vote for the Democrats, Saunders. <laughs> Well, who was I talking to? There's a town somewhere that, uh, Fortville, I think, they had a town election, and the Republican didn't win because the straight party votes didn't count for him, and they were supposed to go to court this week and decide whether that was... So, it's ridiculous. It'd just be better if you took it off and that excuse well, is we gone. We did that for council. I don't know. At large that, only. Yeah, at large. Yeah. But we're making progress. Just a little bit of freedom. Well, Representative Richardson, who took care of that, she retired. Hey, we can only so, trust yeah. you guys so much, honestly. <laughs> you we'll still have to have goes. a photo ID to vote, though. I, Soon, maybe you can take your gun permit. <laughs> yeah, well, that, was, that would be a government hey, issued permit. So yes, I learned that I learned after I moved that if I wanted to, if I want to get my address changed at uh, on my driver's license, if my address is correct on my gun permit, I can take it, and there is an alternate form of identification. So that's one of the identifications I'll accept. Yeah, it is. I didn't know there that. 
All right, Chris, you were doing your final thoughts. I'm sorry. Promote yourself. Oh, that, oh yeah. WeAreLibertarians.com. Uh, you can check us out there. We're one of the largest libertarian podcasts. Their website is much better than ours. Uh, yes, <laughs> you're, you're now a. You gave it. You conceded Thursday to us. You're now a Tuesday night show primarily. We're th- primarily on. We didn't concede to you. No, there were, there were <laughs> other issues at play there. Uh, but uh, we are. We are a. We talk about politics, culture. It's it's uh, not very partisan. It's not a libertarian party podcast like some. Uh, it is much more about the the general conversation. You give us a couple hours a week. We'll make you sound smarter when you're talking with your friends. Right. It's been a great show recently. You guys Thank have you. the new daily shows coming out. Yep. Uh, with a whole host of characters. The great um, Hody Johns is, Hody, is watching right now. Hody's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Hody's every episode that he's on and Paul Copeland, uh Sarah Brady Wagner. Yep. All of them are great. They do they all do a great job. A lot of new people. I don't trust them. Stone is coming up. Well, get ready. Uh you should you shouldn't cancel your plans and come to the dinner on the fifth because we're going it's my to my birthday, man. We're gonna have a whole have bunch cake. Yeah, th- uh, we'll have a cake. There will be 30 of your best friends there, all new co-hosts that we're going to start bringing onto the network. And, oh, boy, do we have big plans for 2019. So we're going to take over the world for libertarianism. So get ready, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom's almost ready to retire. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> bring it on. I looked like him when I started. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, yeah. in, I was in your sweatshirt. I remember yeah, I the know, times. Yeah. Uh, D- Dakota looks... We, we're not going to get into it in front of uh, the, the honorable right gentleman from... Uh, him, from Louisville. From Louisville. Uh, but Dakota looks like he's out of a catalog tonight. He I've looks- been waiting for someone to comment on the turtleneck so that I could just say it's oh, high fa- it's high fashion. We're gonna comment on the bonus show. That's okay. we'll comment. There'll be good. Comments. I've been waiting for it all night, and I just you, ignored the fact that none of you like have Chase. delivered. Don't do that post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very weak wristed. <laughs> Jeremiah, uh, no, it's, it, we're going around the room. <laughs> okay. I, I no, no, no. I run the network. <laughs> I'm I part of big host. I, I can park. have you remove. He is the big host. I, t- I texted Derek Dakota and I go, "What? Where does Jeremiah park? I'm parking in his spot." <laughs> you did because I got here an hour early. Yeah, excellent. T- Tom, thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, as always, follow you on Facebook on the uh, representative Tom Saunders page. Yeah, I don't do a lot of it, but when I see something interesting, I post it. I, there we know, go. There were some pictures. I do well from, to keep up my emails. Uh, you were at the your granddaughter's uh, Christmas my granddaughter's event Christmas that was on. Us. I stood up Farm Bureau in Rush County last night to do that. So uh, well, you might I, be sending them a message. I, I, I don't posted know. them so they would know I didn't just stand <laughs> them up. So. <laughs> Casey uh, Casey Conley, uh, I don't remember her married name now, but she's yeah. probably you probably made her list. Yeah, probably. She's probably- I'm already on their list. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. We're looking forward to. I, I'm sure I'll run across you a time or two at the State House along well, the way. Thank you. So I know we normally have lunch together during the uh, for the Purdue University Ag Luncheon. Carrot? So the P, the Carrot Group. We've already so. got a date for that. January is it 27? Uh, it's on my calendar. I don't know. You have to take the day off work, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> have lunch. Just a lunch. Just it's lunch. just a lunch. Yeah, and we come over and we, we talk about whatever the priorities of the school are that day. All right, Dakota. All right, uh, I guess my final thoughts, as always, are thank you to the uh, people who support us on Patreon. You guys are the greatest. Uh, If you want to support us on Patreon as well, then you can head to patreon.com, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash boss hog of liberty. You get all kinds of bonus content, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, If you join right now, then we can add you to the super secret Facebook group. 
And that is where you will see the live stream and the video of Jeremiah and I exchanging gifts, also opening a present from landlord Mike Broyles. And uh, our, I, I got you a gift as well. Our uh, year in review. Well, I said we we're exchanging gifts, uh, and they didn't get me anything. No, I gave them a show, and I get nothing. <laughs> this is the kind of respect I get, Tom. It's just ridiculous. Welcome to my world. We yeah, got you. I know. It's like I'm we got you a, a studio. In Eastern Indiana. No benefit to me whatsoever. Okay, whatever. I have to drive 475 minutes out to, to this place. <laughs> but anyway, if you join the Patreon right now, we will add you to the secret group. We'll give you guys some time to figure it out, and then you can come watch uh, come watch our year in review with Chris Spengel. And the rest of the co-hosts, because they were told it's mandatory to attend this unpaid thing that they <laughs> he's talking about taking 400 and some minutes that's because you have better roads you're part of the so they he always tries to get me to move out here so he'll like jokingly send hey, me houses why don't you I, I i know a house on maplewood right now because be for you. a i work in indianapolis and b you, you can don't be, have you can be downtown 40 minutes see this no, is 30 Tom and I have 35 if you got a legislative place you sound just like him <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, uh, the twenty-five other years driving the state house, never been stopped. It's I a live, miracle. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I live. In, <laughs> I live within two minutes of a Chick Fil A and one minute within a Cracker Barrel. And you guys don't have. We're working on it. We're working on it. You. Uh, that's you, a that's a campaign promise right there. If you get a Chick Fil A here, I, I will personally be mad at you because <laughs> then I'll lose every every time. I'm like, you don't have a Chick Fil A, man. I'm a I'm a silver member of the rewards right now. I, I you know I eat there three times a week. I know the the drive-through lady by name. He's like, well, you could go to Muncie. I'm like, that's 35 minutes away, Jeremiah. Well, Greenfield doesn't even have a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. No, and I think that that's a... We need to stop talking about it because it's a golden <laughs> franchise opportunity in Greenfield. Honestly, that's Mike Kreider's fault, really. I have a Zaxby's. I have a... I have, you know, I'm a single man. I don't like to cook. Really? Do you yeah. have a Stacks? That's we have a Stacks. You like to cook. I've been to your house. I do like to cook, yeah. But it, it gets inconvenient because i got things to read. But All right, Jeremiah, what are your final thoughts? Uh, on the Patreon thing, Christmas morning, or Christmas Eve morning. That's right. Fluffy Guffy over here, he is going to uh, he's gonna be doing a role with Cade, and, uh, jiu-jitsu style. Yeah, it's going to go horrible. Who gave you a <laughs> microphone? I did. I have no clue. No, you're not. <laughs> no, no. We're going to have a whole conversation about this <laughs> This whole situation. Yeah, on Chris the is our ace Crosby. So uh, cr- Christmas Eve morning, he's just like a little 9 bit more pale. He's going to get his butt kicked for the, for the clicks. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm just trying to last a minute. No, you won't. No. <laughs> he won't. You're no. not even man enough to grow a beard. He's, he's hey, military belong, trained. No, no offense, Jeremiah. He's military trained. I belong in the trailer park with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> now you got <laughs> now, Tom. As your, uh, give me a dollar. I'll be your personal advisor. Uh, no, don't. Just don't say anything. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we've got uh, we got that coming up next week. Juice in the morning is joining us on the show, so we're gonna have those guys on. Those then, chumps. Uh, those those chumps. I we picked a fight with them just for the sport of it because yeah. that's what we do in in this in this industry. He, he said you offered use of the studio, and he goes, honestly though, it's like an hour away, so I don't just don't think we can do it. And we're gonna charge them, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're not free. No, we're man. cheap. You're, we're not you're free. pretty cheap. We're cheap. We can, we can barely afford the rent as it is, right. let alone someone else we're using scraping it. Scraping by. All right. That's enough of this. We uh, join the Patreon. You'll see the rest of it, and uh, we thank you, Tom, very much for joining us on thank the show. You. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Mason says they have a long John Silver. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.